0: Hey folks, welcome to uh, biomass tonight. Tonight is the uh, 178th episode of our lovely podcast, and it's uh, it's going to be a an absolute slam show tonight. Uh, so what I mean by that is slam full and not much. So we're kind of in one of those interesting periods between the summer and the fall where things kind of kind of slow down a little bit in terms of uh, news, and a lot of people are basically gearing up for the releases in uh, in winter. And that that kind of happens every year. There's about two periods a year where this happens, and we're in one of them now. And and actually, we've just come off of a couple pretty big, uh, uh, pretty big Comic-Con or like, you know, conventions, if you will, cons, if you will, that's kind of released quite a bit of data or or information over the last month or so. So we're in one of these little transitional shows. But as they say, the show must go on. So uh, tonight, we're going to be running a little bit light. Uh, It'll be myself, Jake, and and, uh, Bate. So without further ado
1: introduce yourself oh man all right so what's up guys my name is bait and i am the uh, resident florida man of the show
0: he is and uh you can always find his mugshot on google trust me uh oh, <laughs> okay uh jake um yeah nobody
2: knows me by that name on the show you know that right yeah i do it's okay. okay they know you by that by that name on the other podcast they do <laughs> um all right uh i am soraya i'm a co-host here on the show um I uh, play video games and watch movies and, you know, entertain myself with the sort of content we discuss here on the show.
0: That's- he, he nerds about in the greater Midwestern area of the United States. Uh, so, and my name is Jason. I'm also one of the purveyors of the uh, biomass media empire, such as it is. Uh, and I also play video games and uh, watch movies as well, along with pretty much everybody else in America. Well, and really the world mostly. Uh, so, without further ado, the shot I've got for 178. Let me see. I don't have a whole lot for 178, 78. I believe, though, that according to the calendar of the Holy Roman Empire, that was the year that Scipio and Rufus were consuls together. Don't ask me how I know that, but the code name is Wikipedia. So. Without further ado, we do have a little bit of a show. We actually do have a little bit of a show tonight uh, to kind of talk about some kind of cool stuff that that's uh, dropped here recently. And we just, I think, we'll kind of dive right into some of that. So first up, uh, we got a couple of movie trailers. Uh, we'll lead off with the fun one, uh, Last Jedi. They did drop an interesting, uh, uh, an interesting trailer. Interesting in that we've all been waiting on the trailer and. Frankly, the movie is kind of right around the corner. It's it kind of stuck up on me, at least. So, uh, general thoughts on from you guys on what you thought about the trailer. Did it show you anything that you that piqued your interest more uh, versus you know something you'd already seen in previous release material?
2: Um, it, it I, I'm definitely interested to see what they're doing with um uh, the whole thing with Ray and the the dark side bit of things that they're going with in this episode. It, it looked like. At least the trailer leaned that way. Yeah, because from the trailer, I got
1: divided the that they're like totally gonna team up versus, uh Ray and uh, Adam Driver. There's that
2: was—I was trying to avoid saying Adam Driver, and I'm like, I, I can't "What's his, his name his, again?" I, I, can't, I can't, can't remember
1: think it was his name in in the in the movie. At least this is Kylo Ren.
2: Oh, there okay, we go. Yeah. And what's sad is I just watched like. The, the <laughs> SNL skit, like the other day, uh, the, uh, they had an SNL skit for, that was Perfect. like the under, under, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I would say it's, um, the, number one, I, I kinda, I've kind of been waiting for, you know, what is, you know, Star Wars in general, they're always about the character arcs, you know, it's like, you know, over a trilogy set. Over a three movie set, what is the arc of given characters? And they do that pretty well. Um, some of them are very much the archetypes that you that you see um, that any number of master's theses have been written about. Uh, but I I'm kind of curious to see how this one works. I think the the interesting conundrum will be who who turns bad and then who turns good. Well, Snug's probably not turning good. Uh, so I, I think by the end of the third movie Kylo Ren will be a good guy mm-hmm. or at least not a or at least He will not be a bad guy. Uh, you know, even money says he's dead by the end of the third movie. Uh, this one might be a little bit of that. You saw how conflicted he was when he, you know, spoiler alert, kills Han Solo. Uh, and then Ray, I'm not really sure what's kind of going on with that, but there's like a big push for, the, you know, this, for mark hamill to you know for the luke skywalker character to kind of turn to the dark side or veer off of sort of his traditional path and i'm not sure but i don't i'm sorry go ahead i was just going to ask is that push coming from the creative team actually making the movie
1: or is that coming from fans
0: i well okay so it's a little confusing so one there's a lot of people in the, you know, you know, all the, you know, a gazillion fan theories, um, the likes of which, you know, as they say, is biblical in proportion. So there is that, uh, and it would kind of make some, some level of sense. Maybe he, he, he does something, he steps out of the path of, of like a Jedi or whatever, but I'll, I'll circle back to that in a minute. There's another interesting fan thing that they pointed out is that when you look at a lot of the classic movie posters, the, you know, you'll have in the foreground, a lot of the heroes and in the background you'll have the primary villain or like a major villain will be in the background that like looms over all the heroes, you know, so to speak. The the poster they just released has Luke Skywalker with the cow behind all the, the new heroes. So it, It kind of makes you, you know, a lot of people were pointing that out on the interwebs. Um, Now, that being said, the studio is absolutely not dissuading people from that theory either, which could be some, you know, handy misdirection on their part or just kind of like teasing things up a little bit. A lot of people are also pointing out that uh, you can look this up very quickly. Uh, You know, Mark Hamill made some early comments, I think earlier this year, a few months ago, that he absolutely disagreed with the, the movie director's choices for Luke Skywalker. There was like not conflict, but like real creative differences in terms of that, the director's um, whose name escapes me, by the way, if somebody looked that up, that'd be great. Uh, That their direction for his character in particular was absolutely not what Mark Hamill was had in his head. Um, And they've since like, you know, you know, Twitter, Twitterfied smoothed that over over a little bit, but um, I'll be interested to see what comes out of that. So I think Kylo eventually becomes good. I don't know if somebody goes bad, it's possible Ray gets tempted, you know, in some weird way or something like that. Um, I do think that there's a, there's a a strong discussion, you know, it's in Star Wars canon too, that uh, there's a thing called a gray Jedi. So like if you look at the classic archetypes of the, the Sith and the light side, like the, the Jedi, Jedi, they're very much black and white. Like they are v- polar opposite, you know, not really, I mean, they are as inflexible as each other. They're just mirrors. Um, you know, the whole thing, like Anakin really did bring balance to the force because he brought down the Jedi because things had swung too far to that pendulum, you know, that kind of jazz. But there's also this, uh, you know, a pretty strong kind of strain in, in a lot of the Star Wars canon, there's this thing called a gray Jedi Jedi that sits very much in the middle. That is, you know, there's a lot of speculation that maybe Qui-Gon Jen was one, because there's a lot of a couple, two three, three line move th- throw away lines in the, uh, uh, in episode one where they're like, Hey, don't defy the council again. You know, they're, you know, Hey, you know, they're watching you because you keep bucking the line and all that kind of stuff that he might've been something like a gray Jedi. There's two or three other ones that they cite throughout like kind of star Wars history that are, very much in the middle. And there's a discussion that maybe Luke Skywalker is kind of gone. We'll go down that path. I kind of think that may be more accurate. And then the other thing, I mean, the reality is like, he's never really had any other Jedi other than, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi for like what, two, three hours, you know, that actually hung around him. Uh, So it's, I think it's going to go in a very interesting direction. I don't think they're going, I'm not sure how it's going to go, but it does look like they've got two very different parallel storylines going on with uh, you know, Ray and Luke, Kylo and Snoke. And then you've got the first order writ large and the resistance writ large kind of, you know, as seen through uh, Phasma and Admiral Hux or general Hux rather. And then you've got like, you know, Finn and Poe and, you know, some of the new characters they're bringing on. So I think there's going to be two very parallel tracks going on. And I, I don't think it should me anything. Necessarily different or or really new. There's a couple of quick snapshots of some new stuff, but I, it does it does continue to pique my interest, and I think they're doing a pretty good job of not actually giving the story away. What do you guys think about that? Are they showing too much, too little, about right?
2: Um, I don't know. I I, I am going to tell you that uh, the guy you were looking for was uh, Rian Johnson. Thank you, and that uh, the uh, quote that is on the article that I found that result on. Uh, was a quote from uh, Mark Hamill saying that he uh, was quoted as saying to Rian that he fundamentally disagreed with everything he decided about Luke, and it was inartfully phrased. What he was was surprised at how he saw Luke, and it took him a while to get around to Rian's way of thinking, but once he was there, it was a thrilling experience, and that he hopes it will be for the audience, too.
0: Yeah, he cast his first game check. (laughs) That, yes. Yeah, no, I'll I'll be I'm sure it will be pretty obvious by halfway in the movie what the difference in their, their thought process is.
1: It is nice to see that it, it looks like we're gonna get the uh big grand Star Wars battle that um I think they showed uh something in Travis and Big, uh, kind of reminded me of the Battle of the Hoth with the um the shit are they what the large ones are the AT ats right? Uh yeah. Uh, the four legged yeah. and the small ones mm-hmm. are the STs. Okay, yeah. With the the uh, ATATs, uh, the Tie Fighters, which I don't like the, the design for the Tie Fighters, but maybe that's just because i know a four five six.
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure the Tie Fighters still look like that. There's there's a different kind of oh, ship that they've that they're unveiling though. Oh, is there? Yeah. Well, well I, I, will know, say, I will say I will say this: really one of the things I am interested in, which they absolutely don't really lay a glove on in the trailer, is Benicio del, del Toro's role. I'm still trying to like sort through like what exactly that's going to be who Benicio del Toro, you know, the guy that played Sicario, um, you're killing me. Just, just, just type his name in Benicio del Toro. What doing. Okay. Good <laughs> Lord. Zell, please save me. Throw me a lifeline, man. I,
2: I, I was, I was responding to a tweet. <laughs> most, most best
0: show ever. <laughs> oh, he's- so while he's tweeting and he's trying to figure out who Benicio del Toro is, <laughs> um, Suffi- I think suffice to say, uh, the the trailer was solid, uh, didn't spoil a lot, which is always a good thing for a trailer, uh, and teased a little bit, which is, again, always a good thing for a trailer.
1: Oh, he was in the, um, yeah. okay.
0: okay. So.
2: And <laughs> License to Kill? What?
0: Apparently. <laughs> All right, so you guys have got anything else about the Last Jedi trailer, or you want to move on to the next it's
2: one? It's a Star Wars movie. I'll go see oh. it. I- I'll be... Mildly apathetic about it, but we'll go see it anyways. It's kind of the run of the mill for me. Yep. And then yep.
1: they yep. revealed the little uh, furry rat thing that is now flying with Chewbacca.
2: Org. So, yeah.
1: Is that what it's called?
2: Oh, yeah, Yeah. So, so that it's thing was like flat. in two seconds of the trailer. I so like I I marked the like the the trailer on my watch later list, and and then because uh, you know I wasn't somewhere that I could uh, have sound. And I just started seeing meme images all over the place mm. with this thing. And I'm like, and I had no idea what it was for until like a day later when I saw enough clips to go, Oh, it was in the Star Wars trailer. I haven't watched yet. Best, uh, best one of those memes I've seen is it photoshopped into Donald
1: Trump's head. Yes, that, that yeah, was,
2: that well. was excellent. That okay. that was well done. But yeah,
1: it's
0: Star Wars. We're all going to see it. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> All right, so the next trailer. Or go ahead. I'm sorry. Zell, sorry. Shit.
2: I wasn't even pushing down the the button. Wasn't yeah, me. Very well done. The next one is a movie though that we're probably none of us are going to go see. Oh, dude, don't do Oh, same I movie. will. Oh, okay.
0: All right. Okay. So I'm not going to go see. it. Uh, X-Men New Mutants, uh the trailer drop for that, which is uh decidedly a different kind of Marvel Marvel movie or I guess this is maybe a Sony movie and since it's Fox 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 same thing um so it it is New Mutants is a you know old school franchise coming out of Marvel Comics that deals with one of the numerous mutant superhero or super powered people teams rather um Actually, you know, a pretty strong comic uh, over the years has actually, you know, remained quite a bit near the lineup as these things normally do changes in and out periodically. Uh, but basically, they took those characters and then put them in effectively a horror movie setting. Uh, and the trailer was pretty effective in, in kind of describing that a little bit. And it's uh, it's a little hard to figure out, but it, it basically, I you know, like those 15 minutes that you get out of... Some of the, you know, like Wolverine movie, uh, you know, the Wolverine movie, the, not the, not Logan, but the original, like the actual Wolverine spinoff movie. Those, you know, 15 minutes or so, in the beginning, a little bit of the uh, X-Men First Class, and a little bit of the uh, Deadpool, where you know, like people are thrown in the government facility and you know, experimented on ruthlessly and all this kind of stuff, and they, they mutin up and break out this appears to be probably somewhere between an hour and a half of two hours of just that. Uh, and it looks pretty, it looks pretty, it, it, it has the potential to be a, a, like a straight up horror movie from the way they're describing it. Very interesting. You know, as per the normal movie trailer, they take a classic, you know, a well-known rock and roll or a well-known song. And then they like do like a crazy remix slash uh, you know, reimagining of it with somebody. And they were doing uh, a, Sounded like a little girl's choir doing an acapella like uh, "Brick in the Wall." Brick in the Wall, Part Two, my dude. So it was, it, it was pretty interesting. Had uh, you know, if you didn't tell me, if they didn't use the word "mutant" in this, uh, I, I would not have known it was an X Men related mm-hmm. franchise at all.
2: I don't even. Th- I don't think they even say X Men anywhere in the trailer. There's they, really. They, no, I don't know. They don't.
0: They, they use the word "mutant." That's the only. That's the only thing I can.
2: Well, and like they say it once, too, if I'm not
0: yep.
1: mistaken, it like like just maybe once. 30 seconds in the trailer. She's like, do you know what a mutant is? And then she's like, you know, the thing answers or whatever. And then it just goes into the rest of the trailer. And without that, like I looked away uh, for a split second to let the cat out of the room that uh, that I'm in right now. And uh, I guess it went over the like the little Marvel uh Uh, slide and I look back and I'm like, wait, this is a Marvel movie. It it really didn't um, obviously didn't uh, uh, come across as one, which I think is good um, for, for Marvel. I've said it before. I feel like they're kind of getting this, this, this thing that's, you know, you get the same fucking movie from them every year uh, and it's, it's kind of getting old. So they still make a lot of money with it. (laughs) I know, I know they are. And that's why they keep doing it. But I feel like this will be a nice departure. Uh, from doing the same thing every year, every year and a half, or whatever.
0: Well, you know, I I, I, so, since it's not like an MCU Marvel movie, and it is, you know, like the property is probably solely owned by Fox, or whatever, uh, this has the, here's my take on this, like, whether it's a good movie or not, uh, necessarily, well, it matters a little bit, but let's say it's just a movie. It's, you know, a B-minus, you know, just a straight B-movie, not not good, not bad, but you know, probably some people think it's worth their time, doesn't get destroyed on rotten tomatoes that kind of thing. The fact that they're doing a markedly different style of movie about superheroes, something like this, tells you that you know, superhero a superhero movie is not necessarily just a genre anymore. It is it is now you can you know, that's kind of where it's transcended to is like you can do kind of a horror movie. You can do a funny movie. You can do an action blockbuster. You can do whatever, and characters happen to be superheroes in them, as opposed to the movie solely being about. Well, we need to have a superhero movie.
1: So, like a like a theme, I guess, is what you're saying.
0: Maybe, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think that's, I, and I think that's probably indicative of how pervasive they are in kind of our media or like our entertainment culture, and frankly, the fact that you know they've been around for so long and they're just kind of part of the like entertainment experience growing up, you know, either from actual comic books to you know, cartoons to whatever. And now you're starting to get these movies, which were previously really geared towards kids, you know, for, for the most part, you know, like the adults that grew up with the with the comic books then said, well, let me make one of these movies. And they did. And then, You know, for the, you know, Batman 1989 and that came out in 1989 and I was a kid then and, you know, flash forward to now and you've got, you know, R-rated Logan, which probably one of the best movies I've seen in like three, four years. Easy, easy. And I don't and I don't mean like best superhero movie. I mean, best movie. Uh, so but there's, I think it's just a natural progression that you see something like this. And to be honest with you, I, I actually kind of hope it does well. I, I'm not a huge fan of new mutants, not a big, really don't care for horror movies. Uh, but I hope it does well because, you know, it'll probably open the door for other things, you know, that we're not even thinking of right now, you know, it'll, but it'll be an opportunity for other properties, maybe something other than Marvel or DC to get a, a movie made, you know, that something like that.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Which will be a good thing, Um, uh, at least to to use quote-unquote superheroes in in more of the, we'll call it, non-traditional role, I guess. Um, So, you know, like you said, I I do hope that the movie does well for that reason. Um, Just, if anything, so that we can get away from your your typical superhero flick. Uh, So... And I, th- I, th- I think it, it, it'll at least pique enough interest. I mean, it is something that uh, is different uh, than what we've seen. Um, so I, I do think that that will, will contribute to either to the success of it or to the, to the downfall, if you will, of it. Um, if, uh, and this is just a trailer, but it, it, it looks like it'll be a, a good movie at least.
0: Yeah, no, I, I can buy that. Well, I there was there was nothing in there that like um, gave me immediate red flags. Let me put it that no, way. No. Although here's what I will to like what, the one thing I will say is like if you if you Google like the different characters they have in there, and some of them are actually some pretty pretty neat characters that they've got in that New Mutants trailer. Like a couple of them are like quite powerful, and I I am curious to see how they. Uh, you know, theorize that they could actually keep him in a, keep them in that building. <laughs> so, oh, really? Light. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, like for reals. So I, I'm kind of interested to see how that, how that kind of works and, and how they link some of these, like uh, the blonde haired girl. That's actually, uh, her name's, uh, Ilya Rasputin. She's her, you know, her superhero name is magic. That is Colossus's little sister. Um, and yeah. And so not only is she a mutant, but she was also like, like, thrown in like the abyss or hell or something like that for a little while, and became like a witch, and like a like carries around a big magic sword and all kind of stuff. Pretty really, that you know, pretty lethal. You know, in the comic books, like not really one to be screwed around with. The kid, like the kid with the trucker hat uh, in the trailer with the broken arm-looking thing. Mm, yeah, that's cannonball. He basically explodes and moves at super speed for a living. <laughs> So, I'm kind. I'm, like I said, kind so of weird. Kind of interested to see how this one works. <laughs> huh? So and anyway. some of
1: them look to be like like kids. Like oh, they are not, really
0: not like. I mean, they are really, like really. what teenagers, I guess. You recognize Daria Stark in there, right? Hmm. Yeah. 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 She. So she plays basically a werewolf. Like like legit werewolf on Game of Thrones or on no. this? No. I'll, on like her character is it's called like uh, Wolfsbane or something like that. Oh, literally. Okay. Basically, her beaten is to turn into a were- werewolf. Oh, shit, dude. Huh. So, like I said, it'll be kind of interesting to see kind of how this works. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... Does that, uh, have, a, does that
2: have a release date?
0: Uh, I'm sure it does. Okay. That's uh,
2: It has Soon. one, probably.
0: You guys are awful. This is, like, like I said, best show ever. Um... Uh,
2: so I'm, I'm working on. It. I'm working. On, oh, it is scheduled to be released on April thirteenth, twenty eighteen, and I'm not going to go see it. <laughs> okay,
0: that's okay. Plenty of other people will. Um, okay, let's slide. Let's slide on, and we'll transition a little bit. Uh, quick, quick discussion point here. Uh, Destiny two Iron Banner dropped uh, this last week. So, from those of you who are familiar, with Destiny one, it was basically a uh, a different style of PvP, so to speak. It was somewhere in between, like your normal PvP you get access every day, and the uh, the Trials of Osiris, which was like the you know uber competitive, uh, extremely high end sort of PvP that was you know periodically out there. Uh, it would show up about every five or six weeks or so, and the and the thing was you you basically. You, you were getting like some really really cool looking gear like a lot of different neat armor and weapons stuff like that not necessarily fundamentally different in power level from other things you can get in the game but like they were unique uh, and you definitely had to earn them uh, through through that that style of uh, PvP and it was like from a difficulty level or a competitive level it was somewhere in between trials of Osiris and uh, and like normal crucible P- uh, PvP Um So from that angle, not a lot's changed. Uh, The head Guardian that runs it, Lord Saladin, is back in the tower. Or I don't know if they call it the tower anymore, if it's just the wall or whatever it is. But they're back in Guardian Central. So anyway, a couple quick changes uh, that are not – that nobody's really – I guess the overwhelming sort of um, feeling that I got and that, you know, folks that I've been seeing either on the the interwebs or that I've talked to, their feeling is kind of meh. And – Literally just that. So, took the Iron Banner and instead of having vendors that you could go to, like you earn uh, the capability to go to specific Iron Banner vendors that you can buy very specific things. Things from uh, imagine like Zer, like he's got like only certain things. Like this guy sells armor, this girl sells weapons, or whatever. Uh, it's kind of the very generic token system that you get. So you complete so many mat. You you complete a match, you get some tokens, you complete a challenge, you get some tokens, you know, that kind of thing. And then you, you acquire so many, turn them into Saladin and you get an RNG, uh, like loot package from him, basically. The, the first thing I'll tell you that took a lot of it, a lot of the fun out of it was, it was basically like every single thing else in Destiny. So they're kind of going with the theme of, we're making everything the same again, um, and this is when they probably really didn't need to do that on and they probably shouldn't have done that on the other thing is the loot itself is really 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 super rng vanilla so what i mean by that is there's not really a smart loot system that's figured out how much shit's already dropped for you uh, which a lot of other games do have what this does is i mean i've turned in 20 some odd packages like loot you know loot loot packages you know from the crucible coins and stuff since it's been on and I've gotten numerous doubles of something. I haven't even gotten some basic armor pieces, you know, a couple of the basic armor pieces I was looking for, which is a little frustrating because you can grind. This is truly the first time it felt like Destiny 2 was sort of feeling like a grind. And the fact that, you know, the, you know it's only lasts a week and it goes away for a while, it, it really puts a little bit of pressure on you. So gameplay, no different than anything else. Uh, well, I take that back. Uh, in the old, old, uh, shoot, Old Iron Banner, your power level actually mattered a little bit in terms of how much damage you received and how much damage you dished out. It wasn't huge, but like if you were at the extreme end, like if you had a character that was like 300 power level and the one that was like 140 power level, you would you could tell a difference. Uh, but it was it's not a it's not a massive curve by any stretch. In fact, you could have like pretty low like lower, you know, significantly lower powered characters that, you know, their skill would ultimately probably win, but uh they would definitely have to fight fight hard so that's gone out the way it's leveled like so uh weapons and power levels are leveled in uh in iron banner which is again a little meh nah. but that said the uh the loot it's in and of itself the weapons are predominantly reskins of uh things that are already in the game uh, i haven't seen anything unique uh, the stats are not bad, slight variations on theme. There's a few of them that are actually pretty pretty well on par with like the best sort of uh, non-exotic sort of like you know purple legendary type gear that you can get that's yeah you know, pretty solid. the armor, uh, like what you would expect uh, from the previous destiny, looks great. like the some of generally some of the best looking uh, like visible armor and and gear that you can you can put on your character, uh, which is very much the same you had in, in the original destiny. so, That is Iron Banner for the week. Uh, Let's see. Um, Let's kind of slide on down to kind of like really the media's topic that we have uh, before we kind of roll into shout outs tonight. So basically, we're all here talking to you on a podcast, which you have downloaded onto your uh, your iPod or you're listening to it on YouTube or SoundHound or whatever, or Zoom, uh, if you will. And... you know, as we go, like these things have definitely become much more ubiquitous in our society. So the podcast is everywhere and there are hundreds of thousands of them, uh, truly. And it's always interesting when you see some that are like really, really successful, really, you know, garner a, a you know, tremendous amount of followers or, or simply just pretty good. And we wanted to kind of give a, a quick nod to that uh, tonight because really we're sitting here talking to you on a podcast, like I said, and it would basically started out with... Uh, you know, three guys that got together, you know, that were playing a niche video game and, you know, we were members of the community there and we wanted to kind of have a, have a podcast that talked about that game. Well, interestingly enough, you know, things change. So that game died, went away, and then we wanted to keep the show going uh, and we wanted to, to create something different and very organically too, by the way, then we, you know, fourth person got added, you know, to the normal lineup. And we really broadened what we looked at and we've kind of become, you know, the show that we have today, which is effectively, uh, you know, three, four folks, maybe the occasional guest, effectively getting together, you know, for like a cup of coffee or a beer or whatever have you, and, you know, shooting the breeze about their favorite nerd stuff for, you know, hour and a half, two hours once a week. That's basically what you, you know, what you get when you get our show. And some of them are good. Some of those episodes are really good. And some of those episodes are not. Uh, and we're pretty OK with that. You know, Now, what we do like to do is have a pretty consistent product out there. Uh, that being said, uh, a lot of us listen to a lot of podcasts. And, and to be honest with you, when you hear some of them, you're like, Jesus, I can do better. Than we can do better than that or I can do better than that. Um There's a little bit of that but then there's some other ones where you you really actually enjoy listening to it feels like a nice information kind of niche in your life or an entertainment niche in your life you know that kind of thing so what we wanted to do tonight was talk a little bit a little bit about like two or three of our uh kind of our favorite podcasts that we listen to outside of biomass um and and it's you you know it's kind of one of those kind of neat things like these are not necessarily like biomass channel endorsed, you know, like, you know, links and friends and stuff like that. These are just literally podcasts. We look at, listen to as regular, regular folks, so to speak, and that we like for whatever reason. Uh, so we thought we'd kind of do that a little bit and, uh, you know, without further ado, uh, we'll lead off, uh, bait. If you can kind of lead us off and kind of walk us through what your three podcasts are that you, that are your like go to clutch podcasts and like kind of why you listen to them and, and, uh, you know, what you, what you kind of think is unique about them.
1: Yeah. So, okay. The, the, the first one, uh, is, uh, probably my number one go to, uh, podcast, um, it, it's called the Glass Cannon Podcast. And what it is, is um, over the last, I don't know, maybe about a year, um, Pathfinder, the uh, the pen and paper RPG has uh, has been a, a, a hobby of mine. I've been getting together with a couple of friends and playing it about once a month. Um, and, and what Glass Cannon is, is it's um, they're, uh, a group of, um, I think one of them's like a stand-up comedian and another's a playwright and there's about five of them. And they get together and they go through, um, they're going through uh, one of the adventure packs uh, from Paizo uh, that they put out. I think the one that they're going through right now is called The Battle of Blood March Hill uh, is the the pack that they're going through. It's a six six book pack. Um, And they've been doing this for about three years, I think now, two or three years. Um, And so what they do is they get together and they sit down, they record for about an hour. Um, of of their Pathfinder session, and then they put it out, um, and there's your podcast. Um, so th- that's that's what I'll I'll go to and listen. Um, and they've got you know a, a good uh, back catalog, um, so you're you're not going to run out of the content. Uh, just blitz through it, uh, and then they've got another uh, show under uh, you know within that podcast uh, called Canon Fodder, where they'll talk about all kinds of things from the from the uh, uh, the, the Pathfinder world, you know, how uh, they'll have topics about, you know, how to be a, a, a better GM or, you know, uh, talk about um, total party wipes and, you know, just all kinds of really cool uh, topics that, that relate to uh, tabletops. Not, not just Pathfinder, um, but uh, tabletops. Um, and the second one is called uh, Holy Fucking Science. It's put out by, um, uh, it's, it's one of the um, Green brothers, John Green. Um, and he gets together, uh, with four or five other people and they all bring in the topic, um, a science related topic. And the, the goal of the podcast is to get somebody to, or to get everybody on the, on the panel to say, holy fucking science, thus the name. And it, it really is, um, obviously you're going to have all kinds of different people. Um, who are interested in different kinds of things, bringing what interests them from the science world uh, into the into the show. Um, so it, it really does make for some really cool uh, learning experiences, um, kind of stuff that makes you think, oh, okay, that's I didn't know that was a thing, uh, which is good. Obviously, it's it's good to to learn something <laughs> every day. Uh, and then the last one is uh, Hello Internet, and that is put out by uh, CGP Grey. And uh, Brie Heron, um, CGP Grey, has a YouTube channel uh, of the same name. Uh, he does uh, kind of like, uh, not not one-off videos, but they, they do come out uh, pretty infrequently. Um, really, really interesting what he tackles various, yes, various topics. Yes, it is quite interesting. And it, it's really well done. It's very, very well thought out and very well researched. Um I think one of his most popular videos is uh Rules for Rollers. Um I I believe is one which tackles um really interesting. And then uh the the other guy on the podcast Brady Heron is the uh the mind behind um uh channels such as uh, Number File and um oh god there's so many um Computer File and um shit and so what's the other one that he does? Um Minute Physics I think. Or Something along those lines. He, he he's got you should just put a number file and then uh, into YouTube and then pull up all the uh, The related channels or whatever um, the, They're all probably one of him. So He He's a really interesting guy. He's a um, he's a journalist from uh, Australia uh, So he just goes around and he films, you know interviewed uh, sit downs with uh, with famous scientists and and all kinds of just really cool uh things kind of going back to um going back to what i said a minute ago uh, it, it's just cool to sit down and, and and watch his videos um you know just to just to pick something cool up uh that you learn about but the podcast uh hello internet it's him and cgp gray and they'll sit down and they'll talk about talk about really anything um they could i know uh, about a month ago i guess now at this point they talked about. Um, in Trafalgar Square over in London, they're starting to, uh, to or they have uh, made it to where you can't, like, I guess you can, like, climb on the lines or whatever. Um, and so people were kind of uh, outraged about that. And both of them being based over in the UK, they, they sat down, they, they talked about that. Um, and then they'll go from, like, talking about that to talking about uh, the latest YouTube controversy or talking about, uh, like, a plane crash or something. Um, so it, it, it's all over the place, but it is... It's good.
0: That's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good rundown, man. It's pretty wide. That's a pretty wide, uh, berth of uh, topics that you listen to as well. And by the way, I, I'd actually point out that's that's one of the reasons we kind of wanted to uh, sort of do this segment because it's uh, you. Could, the cool thing about podcasting is you can find whatever your topic is, like whatever your your kind of bag is, something that you like listening to. You can probably find somebody talking about it, and mm, yes. and more more often than not. If you look long enough, you'll find you'll find a show that's you know it might be a very narrow kind of window of what you're interested in. You'll find it, and there might be pretty good at it. That's 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 what it sounds like. I and mean, there's a ton of good science, you know, like kind of uh, you know pop hipster science stuff. Not referring to use a hipster, but you know, sort of that um, a more accessible way to to learn some of these things. Almost kind of like you know, Science Channel, Discovery Channel, you know, via podcast kind of stuff. Um, uh, and some of them are, are pretty good, very entertaining as well as informative. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And like, even,
1: you know, just obviously beyond science, like Jay was saying, you could go from history. I know Dan Carlin has a, has a history show. Uh, I think it's called hardcore history that he puts out and you know, it comes out in five or six hour chunk. Um, so sitting down to, to listen to some of those, you know, it may take you a couple sit downs, but, um, everything that I, I just talked about is it's usually under an hour. Um, Which is good uh, for me, at least. I know when I listen to podcasts, I don't always have, you know, uh, I think Jay's going to talk about uh, one of the podcasts. I won't say what it is, but it's like it comes out in three hour chunks and, you know, you don't always have time to sit down and listen to three hours. So an hour or even, you know, 30 minutes is, I think, a great length for for a podcast. I mean, obviously, when you do have those two or three hours, um, it is nice to you know, sit there and blitz through two episodes or one long show. Uh, but I, I personally, for me, an hour is that nice sweet spot.
0: Yep. No, I think you're. I think you're about right. A, a lot of it kind of depends on what the show is because some of them I will uh, like. TED Talks is a great example. You can get those in anywhere from like oh, you know, yeah. set, you know, eight minute to 30 minute chunks, depending. And you can kind of sort through them that way too, by the way. Like you okay, can actually yeah. tell, yeah. Like they got a cool oh. sort function of like, hey, I need 10 minutes or I need a 15 minute or I need a, I need a, this topic or that topic. And they've got a huge library of them. So it's pretty on cool the, that you can, do, you can do,
1: that. do that. Is that on the TED Talks website? Or? Yeah,
0: yeah. If oh. you, go, you go to them uh, and search through that way, you can literally like, hey, I got like a 20 minute commute. Like, give me all the, all the TED Talks that are like 15 to 20 minutes it's it's actually a pretty cool little feature
1: i did not know that i've only ever watched ted talks through
0: through youtube Hmm. yeah yeah highly recommend you go to one by the way it's actually pretty good um okay all right so jake or excuse me zell the artist formerly known as jake
2: um (laughs) (laughs) you're having a hard time with that today
0: well, that, that's what I've got on my So that's what I, we all have our namdegers here on, on the radio. But uh, that is what I have on my screen. Therefore, that is what I see. Well, and, I didn't. I didn't I'm not. I not i did not write my right name now. there.
2: <laughs> I didn't write my name there.
0: Fair, fair enough.
2: Um, so so it, it, Well, so b- before I go, uh, stray too far. Um, I did want to say that, uh, as far as YouTube goes, uh, CGB Grey is excellent. The other one that I highly recommend in YouTube land is, uh, Kurzgesagt in a nutshell. And I'm not, I, I, I butchered the name. I'm, it, it's K-U-R-Z-G-E-S-A-G-T. Um, most of his videos end up being apocalyptic. Um, it's okay. It's, it's, it's educational. Um, so those I recommend, um, was the other thing that? Oh, uh, if if you're watching uh, TED Talks, um, there actually there's there's a specific person that I highly recommend. Uh, he is a he is more or less a comedian, but uh, his 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 greatest presentations were uh, at TED Talks, um, and his name is James Veach. Um, yes, James Veach is wonderful. Um, basically, uh, you know, uh, he talks about how spam mails are designed to appeal to only to gullible people, and so that only the most gullible people respond, and him. Uh, he responds to spam emails. Um, and it's, it, it just, everything about every video that I've ever seen him do is fantastic. Um, and I highly recommend that you look him up. Um, uh, so, uh, my, my thing with podcasts I actually don't listen to very many podcasts, to be honest. Um I have uh probably sixty plus hours of my week is not appropriate to listen to music, uh at least. Um the little time that I'm that I can have audio on, I tend to uh, you know, also be able to watch video and so I watch YouTube. Um but uh I will give a couple of shout outs um, to a couple of things. Uh one of them is uh This Week in Tech, which is the only podcast that I listened to with extended regularity uh, a long time ago, uh, like when I started listening to it, they had episodes listed in the double digits, and um, I was in high school, <laughs> so it's been a long time. Um, and uh, they're still doing it. Uh, they, it's it's kind of what set in my mind what a podcast is supposed to be, and um, what. Kind of what I think of when I think of a podcast experience and and this week in tech would be a group of, you know, kind of some core people and then maybe a couple of guests and they would sit around and talk about the technology news that happened uh, during the week. Um, So that. Um, and they still do it and he has a whole bunch of spinoffs and if you if you're you know Google fanatic They have this weekend Google for the them and there's there's this week in that and this week in that and there's a bunch of them Um, and that's a very professional outfit at this point I mean they have a studio and they they bring people into the studio for their show and and everything um Then uh, the the other thing that I will pitch is uh, there is a small little podcast network that a few people allegedly listen to. Uh, It's called Stipes, S-T-I-P-E-S dot C-O. Um, And uh, the Stipes radio network is uh, a couple of podcasts mostly run by a friend of mine. uh, And one of those podcasts I am in, Uh, I'm in a podcast called Pentagonal, which is about security and privacy. Um, But he has kind of a more generic tech podcast Um, He has uh, one that is making fun of uh, Silicon Valley startups, which uh, is a thing that uh, is near and dear to my heart. Um, And uh, a couple of other odd and end ones. I think they're going to do their own video game one at some point. Uh, I don't think they have one yet. Um, But uh, yeah, so uh, Stipes Radio has a couple of funny and amusing and entertaining personalities that I deal with and interact with regularly.
0: It's a pretty good rundown. Uh, this is, you know, you kind of touched on something there. Uh, an interesting thing about the podcast sort of world is once you've kind of established a foothold in it, it is not uncommon to quickly get invited onto other podcasts for, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, all of us who, well, there's a very, very, very small percentage, like probably le- like, well, like well under one there They're right at the 1% mark rather that, uh, like basically do some form of you know, media content for a, a job. You know, people like you, professional YouTubers, podcasters, things like that. You know, probably running multiple different sites. You know, they got a blog, they got a podcast, they got a this or that and the other. There's very few of those folks, um, but the vast majority of everybody else, they're folks like us. And you're looking for content, so it's really easy to reach out to other podcasters who, you know, one, you'll all, you rarely you will ever. Will you ever not go on somebody else's show uh, unless it's, you know, it's some extreme conditions, mostly because you, you kind of know what it's like to be looking for material for a show. And it, it is kind of a neat little um, kind of pseudo community where you can build some some cool, uh, cool links. And it's a really neat, neat, neat uh, kind of way to see how other people run their show. And you can kind of carry some information back and and uh, maybe add to your game, so to speak, uh, when you're putting your own content out. So for mine, um, I've referenced uh, these the first two podcasts uh, on our show uh, a few times. The first one is the Weekly Planet, and that is the uh, the official podcast of uh, ComicBookMovie.com. And I would say that that is probably uh, from a nerdist standpoint, if you will, like just general, you know, cool movies slash. Ah, uh, like nerd movies slash video games, you know that that kind of that kind of stuff. Comic books, if you will, that is probably uh, my favorite podcast. Generally, uh, it is extremely well done, very very professional, uh, and it's a it's a classic example of literally two two lifelong friends that were basically uh, started the podcast uh, a few years ago, and it became wildly popular. Uh, to the point where, uh, yeah, you know, that you know, one of the guys was he's a he was a school teacher, a primary school teacher. Uh, he's a little younger than I am. He's, he's probably about 35, uh, and he he quit his job and is basically running his uh, a podcast uh, network full time. So he's it's based down in Australia, and down in Melbourne, Australia, and so Mr. Sunday Movies is you know James. Is a uh, he was a school teacher. His wife was a school teacher. She also now has her own podcast about certain things, which actually has nothing to do with you know movies, games. It's literally just like you know it's called you know how do you, you know how do you make the thing or just make the thing. It's pretty cool. It's literally like pick any random topic like how do you just get off your butt and do a thing, start a podcast, sell a car, run a garage sale, whatever it is. It's actually really well done, but. Uh, he started that. And then his partner is a prof- uh, you know he's a professional comedian, and uh, it adds some pretty good humor to it. He's you know kind of a local comedian in the uh, like Melbourne, uh, Greater Melbourne metropolitan area, if there is one, and it's pretty good. Uh, it, it's actually it's actually really really good. Very professional format, and because they've gotten big enough, they actually get things like you know studios call them and say, would you like to interview this director? Would you like to? Uh, you know, get, you know, tickets to this premiere in Sydney, this, that, and the other. And they, they truly started out as a podcast that was designed as two guys to to get together, to talk about things they used to talk about as kids, comic books, you know, superhero movies, whatever. Uh, and it was a way for them to kind of keep connected in their life between these two friends who were, you know, one was, you know, being a professional comedian and doing some other things and one was becoming a teacher. And so they just thought it'd be a cool thing to to do so they could have a reason basically to hang out each week. And the, the show is fantastic. It's really good. Highly recommend you check it out. Uh, and that is the weekly planet. Uh, it's, it's quite funny. And it's also, like I said, very well done. And he's got a YouTube channel, which is, I think so. Mr. Sunday movies has a YouTube channel under that. I think Mr. Sunday movies, and that's sort of where he got started. He did that before the podcast. Really good. You know, pretty, pretty solid. You know, your standard trailer breakdowns, this, that, and the other with a little bit of down under Aussie man humor, so it's pretty solid. Um, kind of segwaying on uh, Game they've got a great in house podcast, and that's a you know that's usually a solid two hours. So by the way, uh, weekly Planet anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours. You know so- sometimes about an hour depending on how much content they have, but Game Informer is usually a good solid two hours, and that is very much a the podcast companion to the game informer magazine, which is, I, I think, you know, probably the most, uh, subscribed to or most popular, uh, video game magazine, uh, not necessarily an industry magazine, but it's definitely consumer based, but they have a lot of, uh, pretty deep articles in there that touch on a lot of the industry type activities going along in the video game world. So again, very, very well done. Uh, it's run out of the, uh, the, the uh, Game Informer headquarters up in Minnesota. Solid podcast. And, you know, they basically have all the editors and the writers from the magazine that come on in the first half of the show. Second half of the show, they they do like a, a hard break. And then they come back and they do a deep dive interview anywhere from it's They're usually 40 minutes to an hour with, you know, one or two people that and it's just like really, really deep cut. So, you know, they'll talk to a guy who so they had uh player unknown on it. I can't remember the guy's real name, but he he's you know the guy that started player unknown battlegrounds and kind of how he started as a modder and then became effectively, you know, king of one of the hottest video games going right now. And you know, they'll talk with people who've been in the industry for a while, not unlike when we had Mitch Gittleman on uh for that one show. Where he's like, yeah, well, I worked on like you know 15 years ago, I worked on this, and then I worked on that, and you know, I was in Microsoft when this happened, and they really get these really neat sort of vertical slices of you know like a game producer or game developers sort of curriculum vitae if you will, and it, it it's pretty cool. Like yeah, well, I you know I like I started out as like I was as a coder on you know, on Halo. So that was like my big thing that I hung on to for a while when I was getting jobs. Like, yeah, I worked on the original Halo. Like, he's like, but I was like one, of you know, the guy's like, yeah, but I was like one of 600 people working on Halo. It's like, now fast forward. He's like, but that got me the opportunity to make this game that we're all talking about now, which is uh, kind of a neat sort of, um, like I said, kind of under the, you know, behind the scenes or behind the curtain shot in the video game industry. Uh, The third one that I listened to pretty regular um, for that has the broadest array of topics is the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, It is in somewhat equal mixed bag, a, a a very humorous show. Joe Rogan, he's a professional comedian. He has a lot of very funny guys on. It's very funny. Uh, It's also surprisingly thought provoking. Uh, Joe Rogan's actually a really smart guy. He doesn't necessarily, you may not think, think of that if you've only seen him like when his, uh, you know, like being a color man for a UFC fight or, you know, watching him on Fear Factor. He's actually a pretty bright guy uh, and has some very engaging political discussions with his guests. And it's usually like a one on one type show for about three hours. That was when Bate was referring to. Uh, occasionally they'll have like a small round table of like three or four people. Uh, he So he talks everything from. Fitness to political issues to uh, you know the fight world like MMA boxing you know all that kind of stuff uh, Olympia, sporting in general to literally whatever you want to talk about uh, you know they one of the funniest shows that they had him and Bert Kreischer on who Bert Kreischer by the way absolutely hilarious comedian he's got he's uh, he's the guy that called the machine and if you don't know what I'm talking about look up the machine Bert That's all you need to do. Just type in those words. And it it is one of the best like 10 minute YouTubes of a guy's stand-up comedy routine ever. Uh, He's basically the guy that they modeled Van Wilder after uh, when they made that movie because Van Wilder was actually made. That was actually based on a, uh, I think it's like a Vanity Fair article or something like that. So anyway, Joe Rogan experience quite good. Uh, It's like I said, very broad set of content. And the cool thing is, for me, because I travel quite a bit or I'm on the road a lot during the day, driving back and forth to different places, three hours is kind of a, it's difficult to manage in, in one big bite, you know, unless I'm on a road trip or something like that. But what it is, is it's kind of a cool way of me eating up a morning and evening commute or over lunch, you know, I can listen to a little bit at a time and I fill up, you know, about three days a, you know, two, three days a week in a, in a coherent sort of way. And uh, that way, I don't have to get you know blistered by whatever random you know hateful news is on because they're, I don't care what your your leaning for news is, it's all bad. Um, so it's kind of a neat way to to experience some different things. But I do recommend it. It's it's really funny. Uh, and if you and Joe Rogan is a surprising guy. He's a I'm very fond fond of him as a host. Really neat neat sort of backstory to his life and a, a pretty sharp guy to listen to. He runs a good show. So those are, those are my three. Uh, and then again, this is just a little bit about what we want to share with you guys about some of the podcasts we listen to that, you know, influence how we do things here on the show. Uh, and, and also gives us a little bit of our, uh, kind of our own sort of, uh, uh, own sort of like outlet for, uh, you know, when we're hungry for content. So, um, we're gonna go ahead and slide on down. I think we got one minor news topic that came out. Well, it's not minor. We we'll could probably tease it out further next week, but like coming just over the wire in the last two or three days, it looks like IGN's acquired Humble Bundle.
2: Yeah. I, I thought this was interesting. Wait, I meant to, this was one of those I meant to put on the list. Yeah, IGN bought Humble Bundle. Um and has, you know, of course has said the usual thing that you know that everyone says when they buy something, which is that they're gonna keep it allow it to run like it is and not tamper with it heavily. Um, But I guess there's been some rumbling that IGN has tried and failed to get into the selling video games thing before. Because Humble Bundle isn't just a place to get cheap bundles of stuff for a dollar. But it is also an actual store where you can buy Steam codes and everything. um, For nearly full price. Um, And uh, so... There's been some discussion about how much of a controversy it is that there's gonna be you know a a video game journalist that's known for rating and evaluating games to now be in the business of selling them as well um it's it's definitely an interesting piece of news to me well yeah that's a little weird
0: ah, I don't know about weird but it's it's definitely a um uh, it's definitely a significant acquisition in terms of you know uh IGN, which like I said, that's you know, that they have a a very specific base that they're that they're involved in. Because if you're involved if you're in the business of rating games and in the business of selling games, that that creates a an interesting sort of setup of like how do you rate these, you know, like how do you go into this and rate these games. Now that in, in Humble Bundle is a Pretty cool little service. Now, I you know I don't know if you guys have ever used it before or ever bought from them before. I'm a
2: big but, fan of Humble Bundle. Yep,
0: they are they are you know the masters of the uh, you know of the bulk sale. <laughs> and uh, and and they're pretty good at it. and and you can get a lot of neat stuff on Humble Bundle. Uh, so I'm kind of curious if IGN is looking to revamp that and use that as a baseline to sell games totally, or if they want to basically you know acquire Humble Bundle and let them keep doing what they're doing you know, under the IGN auspice. I mean, there's two kind of ways that this normally goes, you know, option number one is you take whatever their capability is and then bend it to whatever you want totally. And it becomes something different or you sort of let it be what it is. And it's just kind of falling under your umbrella. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see which way they're going to go with it.
2: Um, I was going to point out, uh, you know, bait, you said uh, you were uh, playing the uh, pathfinder RPG. Yes. Did uh, did you notice? And this this will actually probably still be for sale when this episode finally uh, makes it on the internet. Um, but did you see that they are doing a Pathfinder book bundle for Ooh, ebooks and no, books and I, stuff? I did so, not.
1: I only look at humble bundle when somebody links it to me. But, okay, well, uh,
2: just so you see. know, they've got a thing that goes all the way from like the the one dollar tier to get like the core rule book and a couple of other books down to like. Like, uh, I think there's, like, a $25 level, which has, like, almost every book that you could possibly imagine pertaining to the Pathfinder franchise. And then there's, like, a $45 oh, yeah. level that includes some print books as well that they will ship you. I see that. That's really cool. So, like um... Tokens and books. That is a thing for people who are interested in seeing what uh, Bate does in his spare time when he is not, uh like, hardcore Florida manning. Um That's a thing. Um... You know, I'm. I'm actually the book bundles. Actually, my my uh, top place to go. Uh, there's a lot of computer related books that end up. Um, uh, there's a company called No Starch Press, which does some really really interesting titles, and they often offer uh, humble book bundles. Um, so yeah, there's the the books are surprisingly a, a varied set that they offer. You know, week to week. Um, Generally, everything they offer up is DRM-free. The IGN buyout reminds me that I have some DRM-free content I should download just in case all crud goes, you know, goes up with this this thing. Um, but uh, yeah, so I figured I'd mention that too.
0: Yep, sounds good, man. Uh, that was actually, like I said, that was a relatively late-breaking piece of news uh, from the last, I think, 48 hours, right?
2: Yeah, I want to I want to say it was maybe Friday I think I heard about it while I was still at work. Um but uh, yeah, I mean uh, the bright side is almost everything they offer is either uh it's either a steam code or it's a straight up uh DRM free download. So, you know, if something does make it worse, it's going to be unfortunate, but it's not like my stuff is at risk of, you know,
0: being ruined. Yeah, no, I think that's pretty fair. Um Okay, so let's slide over. Uh, I think bate has got a brief review of Gone Home, uh, which is a much uh, speculated about game topic uh, that's come up. It's got some interesting uh, kind of feedback, and I'm very interested to uh, hear what you had to say about it, Bait.
1: Yeah, it was really interesting uh, as a whole. So so what Gone Home is, if you're like me and you haven't played it, I've played it now, but I went into this game blind because it was free on... Uh, on the Xbox, and I was like, eh, you know, I got a couple of days until, um, until Terry Test is available, so let me go ahead and play on Home. So I sat down and actually streamed the entire game, a- and so what it is, is, uh, you, you're a college student, you're a female college student, and you come home, and there's a note in your door, uh, all of your family is out of town, and your little sister is not at home. And you're as you're going through the game, you know, your 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 sister writes down in the journal um, all of her thoughts and whatnot about how her life's going while you were in college. And so you go and, you know, the you're, you're looking to find out what happened to your sister, why she obviously by the time you get to the end of the game, you figure it out. And I, I had done some just some light you know browsing on the internet to to see you know what people thought of the game uh, as far as ratings and and I looked and they were like they were good ratings like they were nine and a halfs and they were you know nines and eights and eight and a halfs and tens even some of them and I thought oh, okay this could be a pretty good game well. Little did I know the game was not as long as I had anticipated. Like I was streaming it, and I got to the end of the game. And I'm like, "Oh, this is the this is the end." Okay, it was, it was probably about I think an hour and a half long. Um, the at least how I played it. Apparently, you can go in and you can do the the game in uh, under a minute, but obviously you miss out all the story. Um, so. As far as the narrative goes, and I guess I can go ahead and spoil it. Um, So if you haven't played the game and you want to pick it up on Xbox or C or whatever, spoilers. Um, You go through the game and you're walking around and you're picking up these journal pages and you learn that um, your family's just moved to the house. uh, And it's like, it's got a reputation in the town and I think the fucking game takes place in like Oregon. Um, and the house has a reputation for, um, your uncle, I, I I think it was, went crazy or something. So people are like, oh you live in the psycho house. Um, and so your sister doesn't have any friends, uh, at school. And so she eventually, she makes a friend, uh, who she, a female friend who she ends up developing feelings for. Um, and the girls in the band and whatnot. And that's a little, that's a little side, side story, uh, if you will uh but the 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 friend Lonnie is she's all geared up to go into the army uh and so she has this fling with your sister and the whole time it's your sister trying to figure out you know i guess just how to manage life you know being a teenager in a in a relationship in a romantic relationship for the first time uh and then having that all thrown away uh when when lonnie goes to basic well as you get toward the the end of the game you learn that uh that that lonnie gets off the bus and decides that she can't go to basic she can't do it because she's in love with and so she's like i'm in seattle or where the fuck and she's like meet me and let's just run away so they do so you learn oh okay sister ran away with a girlfriend which you know, whatever that's a story. But for me, it just it didn't it didn't connect. I guess like I like it wasn't a bad story. I don't guess it was just it it didn't do anything for me. And maybe that's just because that's not something that I identify with. I don't identify with being that that lonely person, if you will. That you know gets really hyped up about a relationship or something. Um, but it, it, I I don't know, I'm not gonna say it's a a bad story, because I feel like that's a very subjective thing to say that, you know, this isn't a good story, because it doesn't identify with me. I'm sure for somebody else, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great story, you know, it it was very, it was a very emotional story, and I can see how people would like that. Uh, but like I said, it, it just wasn't my thing, um, so... I don't know. As far as gameplay goes, it's pretty straightforward. You walk around and you click on. It is point and click, uh, essentially. Um, obviously, you know you actually controlled where you were walking. Um, so it's a three D point and click game with so an interesting story. I guess.
0: So, I've I've not played this game, but I've heard quite a few people talk about it, um, and it has. It is less a game and more of a. Uh, simply a different way of telling a story. Oh would yeah, you, would yeah, you agree true. with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It, yeah, it, yeah, it's an interactive story.
0: Yeah, no, and, and I think I think that's uh, I think that's a good example of people weren't quite sure what to call uh, Gone Home or Tacoma, by the way, which is a really good. That's actually a very similar. Uh, I mean, there's some game s type aspects to it, but it's really okay. more of a a, a how do you, how do you tell a very interactive and immersive story slash detective story if you will um but that those those things kind of fascinate me because it basically allows you to take a different form of medium and just tell a story which i'm 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 just absolutely fascinated by in terms of how many how do you tell stories to people uh and use these things is it a game not really is it a book not really is it is it a movie not really but it's kind of aspects of all of those things, which oh, uh, at yeah, least yeah, definitely. It, it's definitely on my to get around to and playlist, uh, which is a pretty deep list right now. But uh, that is pretty good. I've played Tacoma, or at least parts of Tacoma, which is actually um, it's a, a very different premise, but the tone of it in terms of you know this sort of discovery, this interactive. Discovery narrative that you go through is, is sounds pretty similar.
1: Yeah, it it, I, uh, well, th- as as far as story goes, I'm I, not I'm not, sure, not sure,
0: sure if you're pooping or reviewing a game.
1: No, sorry, I, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to articulate what what I want to say. It yeah, I, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I will say that it was very uh angsty, like the whole story. Like you could feel the teenage angst, which you know, like I said, that that may resonate well with some people. Um, it, for me, it didn't, but it. It's definitely worth, you know, the hour and a half to, to sit down there.
0: Okay. No, I think that's I think that'll work. I mean it's like mo- most games they you know, they resonate with some people and some they don't. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's, it's fair fair commentary. Uh, well let's go ahead and kind of bring this one to a close and we'll kind of shift into shout outs if you guys don't mind. Uh so we'll lead off uh with Sri
2: Uh so I have this uh this link and I, and it was a it was a kotaku story but it was um blizzard is suing a chinese game developer for uh, making a game that looks really 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 close to overwatch um they there's there's video of it there's screenshots um i mean they they took everything about the style that they could and packed it into a mobile knockoff um i mean they everything from like the way the the uh, uh, progress bars at the top look to, you know, the the choice of using trapezoids for character pictures and and it, it, the characters themselves. You can basically say, oh yeah, that's Saria. Um, it it's amazing how much of a knockoff this is, and uh, I just I just thought it was funny. It's called Heroes of Warfare.
0: Oh boy. Well, I mean, how do you how do you? I mean, curious if if the Chinese if the Chinese game company will be like. Okay, go ahead, Sumi. What are you, you going to do? How are you going to collect?
2: That's almost.
0: That is pretty. That's pretty.
2: That's pretty.
0: That's pretty. Exactly. Exactly. Overwatch. Oh my god. I, I, I mean, for what that's it's the, worth, that's not even like remotely like. Hey, let me just change like the shape of the corner of this thing now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, for what it's worth, they put it on a phone, which is kind of nice. This is a, this is a iPhone game actually. Um. But uh, yeah, it's it's very obviously an unlicensed knockoff mobile mobile like phone first person shooter games are weird like just i don't know why they're a thing but they are like i i don't i i've never had this like maybe it's because i've always been way too i i treasure my phone's battery like every percent of battery life is precious to me. So trying to run like an FPS on it just never made sense to me. Oh,
1: dude, that's why you, you you get two dedicated devices. You get your little gaming device and then you get your phone. See if I gonna th- th- That's I just... an
2: iPod. That's an iPod Touch right there, man. Then I just carry like a 3DS. Yeah, and I, I have one. I just never use it. Exactly. You're more apt to your phone. The more important things move off. Like
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, means- okay. <laughs> huh, okay this is this is actually quite humorous by the way. <laughs> Just looking at this thing. Uh, all right. So, Bait. Shout outs, brother. Yeah, let me mouse
1: over real quick. So I, I think my my one shout out uh, tonight is going to go to the new Beck album that dropped. Uh, it was either yesterday or today. It's called Colors and Haskell Poppy compared to other the-
0: That's cool. I haven't I, I used to listen to Beck quite a bit. Uh well, I say quite a bit, regularly. Uh, it's sort of, you just sort of dropped off my internal playlist uh, a few years ago, and have I'll probably check that out though.
1: I think the last like Beck album I enjoyed was like Guero, and I forgot what that one did. Yeah,
0: that was a while was ago. Oh,
1: well, was it? Okay. But yeah, no, this one is. It, it's a nice kind of, kind of just to have in the background.
0: Yep. All right, man. Cool. So my shout out for tonight is uh, to the gang of the Podside Podcast, which was uh, a an old Eve Online podcast that uh, those guys actually kind of got us started here uh what three and a half years ago so something like that something like that yeah yeah three and a half four years ago something like that they helped us get started they were a long they were a well-established uh long-running eve online specific podcast uh, and they, they, in fact, they originally helped us out with, like servers. They helped us out with the, you get mumble set up and how they, how they ran the show.
2: They gave us a lot of good advice too. Like, yeah, uh, they, the, they did. One of the ones that they, they said right up front that stuck with us was, you know, make sure you do one like on a, on a regular schedule, even if it's a little week, every week,
0: put it out. And, and that's how
2: you get shows that, you know, are like this one. <laughs>
0: No, no, and he's like, we laugh about it, but, that, and I remember that, that conversation distinctly. And, and, uh, one of the guys was like, and these are, these are all, you know, you know, Eve online's got a very interesting player demographic to it. Uh, and, and this guy, the guy that was talking to us was like, it does not matter how bad the show is going to be that week, put the show out. <laughs> and, and, uh, I know we're joking about it in the context of, of this show, but it was it was some it was some really really good advice in terms of like how you how you organize things, uh, how you set shows up, different ways to do things, and uh, you, you know those guys did a lot for us. And that's a, by the way that is also how a lot of podcasts generally get started, is that they find somebody who is also a podcaster or they contact somebody that they listen to and they say, how do you get started or what do you do, and. It's it sounds simple, like hey, let me just record some stuff and send it to Apple. It's it is a little bit more <laughs> more involved than that, uh, even for a show like this, which is is very informal, um, you know, to say the least. So, the guys, uh, the old guys over at the Podside uh, Podside Network on the Podside podcast, which I I'm, I was actually trying to figure this out, but I I don't believe that pod that podcast is on anymore. I think it went off the air last year. um, If I'm not mistaken, I'm I'm trying to backtrack to figure out if, uh, if they're still up or they've changed or, or, you know, their guys have moved on or something like that, but uh, they were great. They were great to us. So hats off to them and uh, anybody else that's out there listening that actually uh, puts out some content on your YouTube or your, you know, or a podcast in and of itself. uh, It's, even if you get like 10 listeners it's irrelevant sometimes it's fun just having the conversation with your friends so
2: i'm i'm actually seeing episodes from like december of 2016 mm-hmm. so yeah exactly. yeah that was i think that was kind of where that ended
0: yeah that sounds that sounds about right um okay but they so, they have others
2: they have others on their site though A ton actually
0: that are still going strong i know they are Okay. Well, guys, we're going to go ahead and bring uh, episode 178 to a close. Uh, We appreciate you guys like kind of struggling through with us for about the last hour and change. Uh, It was, uh, as they say, you know, the show must go on. Uh, So we intend to be back next week. As always, every week we will put something out with the rare occasion of a a random Christmas. Uh, But we do thank you. Uh, And we're also talking about looking at, uh, well, we are making some plans to do a couple of giveaways here on the show here in the upcoming weeks, and uh, we will probably unveil a little bit more about that next week. So, happy listening and podcasting to everybody out there in the listening audience, and feel free to hit us up on Twitter at all times. Uh, you can hit me at Jason Larison, uh, and you can get uh, Zell at OCD Trekkie. and Bait. We can get you where
1: uh, Discord. I mean, the best Discord. That's not, not helpful. What's <laughs> I mean, If I still use Twitter. Uh, oh my oh God. My God. I I mean,
0: come on. Best show ever. By the way, Zelda, that's that's the show title. Best show ever. Uh, So, so, and if you ever want to have an interesting, interesting take on our episodes, go back and just look. If you don't even listen to our podcast that much, listen to one and you decide whether we're okay, average, or not good, but then just go back and look at all of the show titles. That will tell you about how the show went. Uh (laughs) Okay, guys. All right. Thanks very much. And we will see you next week.